0: Deanne and welcome to my podcast things i talk about. Today is a special day. I'm recording this right now in the morning of June 9th of 2023 and I woke up this morning excited because I celebrate this day. June 9th is important to me because this is the anniversary of my spiritual awakening. So in today's episode I thought it would be awesome to share a little bit about my awakening experience. And I wanted to share different phases I would describe of the awakening process because. My hope is that I can attract people who are going through similar experiences and wondering what is going on or where they can receive help or just, I don't know, validation of what you're going through. It's it's a hard thing, I would say. It's super exciting in the beginning, but it is definitely something that strengthens our character, and when we're going through it, it can be... Be, oh, a little challenging. So I want to share my story. I could probably say that my awakening story may have started maybe a year prior, possibly, or at least I would say it was the first step that created space and allowed for the possibility of my awakening to happen. So it was right around COVID in June of 2020 when my parents disowned me for the second time. This was something that was a little challenging because we have a child this time versus the first time when we didn't. And so when they disowned me, it was kind of like disowning my entire family, including my son, which was awful. It was, that was hard. That was hard. And not long before that, I know my brother moved out of state. And with COVID, we weren't really able to connect with family. Not that I had a lot of family down here, but, you know, my grandmother normally came to visit and that year she didn't. So I remember feeling at first angry with what happened, and then I kind of felt alone. But shortly after, I would say that shifted, but I don't know if that would be the right word. I don't know if I would say it shifted or it was like I distracted myself, which is what I did best in my career. So I can remember throwing everything in my career. And if you've listened to any of my other episodes, you may know that insecurity was a big journey for me. I was always seeking outside validation. My upbringing had me feel kind of worthless as an individual, but I felt like I could do creativity. It was something that when I did it, it made people happy. It made me feel validated. So then I felt worthy in some form or another. And so I ended up just throwing everything into my career. It was when COVID started to relax a little bit, people started to come back out. Wedding season picked back up and I was full of this undercurrent of needing to get my emotions out in some capacity or another. So of course that came out through excessive (laughs) creative pushing and burnout. So I had done a multitude of different projects. And it was May of 2021. And I was just determined to do bigger and better. And it was like this desperate attempt for trying to soothe this wound. You know, I kind of think of that stage when in an addict's life where they're like really twitchy, trying to look for their next fix. That was what May was for me. I signed up for a lot of different projects and I had a few big weddings. One of them was the biggest wedding I've ever done in my career to that point. And there ended up being these four major events that took place within 10 days. And I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty of that in this episode episode. I'm sure I'll discuss it later on, but I will say this. It was funny because the one day that I had a project, it was over 10 hours long in the hot Florida summer sun, and I got so sunburnt so sunburned. And the people I was working with were like, hey, Cassandra, can we buy you some sunscreen? And I'm like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. And that was kind of my thing when I was in that. I keep thinking it of almost like an addict. It's like you're not thinking about your body. You're not thinking about feeding yourself, drinking water, caring for yourself, being mindful of how you exhaust yourself. It was so easy for me to disconnect from caring for myself and my body when I got in this mode. It it was just this trauma response that took over and... (laughs) I got so sunburned. I was so sunburned that I ended up getting these disgusting, huge, embarrassing blisters the size of grapes, no lie, like filled with fluid. I was an embarrassment to look at. It was mortifying and it was freaking painful, you know, and here I was, I was like, I had three more huge events to go and there was no stopping. I worked for two weeks straight, early to to late night, you know, sometimes going to bed early hours of the morning. And I just had to keep pushing and I had to keep pushing and I had to keep pushing. It was, I wasn't thinking clearly, obviously. And the good thing is, is I feel like I am very talented at what I do. So I sort of just surrendered to that, portion of myself and I did, in many ways, some of my best work I've been the most proud of in my career. One of the projects was published on Style Me Pretty, which felt like a big accomplishment because it was just not that it brought me traffic or business, but it was like I was trying to do all of the things that I felt like everybody said you were supposed to be if you were worth something. and. And it was just this time in my life where I needed to feel worth something. So I exhausted myself physically, emotionally, and financially going above and beyond seeking this validation to feel like I can numb the pain that I was not confronting inside. A few weeks went by and I remember the end of May I had one more event that I did, and it was like the time in between those two weeks, I was trying to find myself because by the end of those four events, I was tapped out. It was funny because after working 10 years in the industry, I had never gotten any negative response ever, and there was a situation where a bride had not been satisfied with her bouquet, I've seen many people handle this situation completely fine and it not be the end of the world. Ah, I'm trying to get through this without emotion. But it was like her not being happy made me feel like I failed as a person. It wasn't about my career because I wasn't thinking correctly. I wasn't in the right frame of mind. I was this desperate, wounded child that was just trying so hard to not confront the hurt I was feeling. I believe that this situation happened for a reason because it was my breaking point. It was the point where it just all came crashing down and it was something where the people that were working with me that wedding, unfortunately, they watched me completely fall apart. Thankfully, they were all friends that were dear to me who had been through this journey with me over time. And so there was no judgment, but all of a sudden it felt like the one thing I felt good at, creativity. I just allowed myself to believe that I was a failure. Afterwards, I withdrew, no longer was posting images and pictures. I hid myself both, you know, in real life and on social media as a business. I felt like a fraud. I felt like this doomsday that I had always feared, because that's another thing, is when you don't have that inner sense of self that can hold you together, (laughs) then it means little things sometimes cause us to go to the extreme on the other side, and our inner critic wins. So by the time the end of May came around, I remembered waking up and telling my husband, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. I was exhausted. I my family took a toll from me throwing my everything into my career. And it was this very low moment when I felt like everything crumbled around me. It was this very pivotal moment for me and my husband was surprised. like I had devoted everything to this career. And so it was shocking for us both for me to say these words out loud. I don't know if I wanna do this anymore. And so it was really a pivotal moment. And this was around, like I said, the end of May. So up until this point in my life, I I grew up in a very dysfunctional environment, religiously abusive, toxic home environment. And when I started my life as an adult, there was always this fear, intense fear. My mom dwelled on all of the doomsday stuff. So the devil and demons and possession, and you're never good enough, and you're hot or cold, or God spits you out his mouth it was like no matter what I tried and I did, I wasn't good enough. When I I had some very challenging situations growing up. Some of this I share in my story, including my grandfather committing suicide, which my mother ultimately says it was because he wasn't on fire for God enough. So for a teenage mind that was desperately wrapped up in pleasing and making her parents happy, these weren't good things to start my life with because I felt very afraid of the devil. And it was literally in the sense of something like you'd see on this the show Supernatural or something. I had no say in whether or not I would be possessed, whether I would be killed, whether I would be attacked. I felt like I wasn't worthy as a person, and all of these things, despite my best efforts, were just hounding at the door waiting for me. So I really was close-minded to a lot of spiritual topics, even though I had two friends that were sort of on a spiritual path. For years, they would try to kind of talk to me, and for the most part, I would be a caring friend and hear them, but it wasn't something I felt personally at liberty to entertain. There was one situation where I was someone that had a lot of issues with nightmares and night terrors, and at the time, this seemed sort of out there for me, but it wasn't in the sense it felt normal, but I had always experienced this situation where I would have a nighttime visitor in my, it, I don't know if it was there or in my dreams or whatever, but it was always this situation where it was visible or sensed in the room. And I woke up pretty regularly screaming in the middle of the night Well, it was probably maybe five years before my awakening when one day I actually got a complete visual of the face of what this person or this being was that had been appearing constantly ever since my early, early childhood. It was just something that it was almost every night I knew that it was coming. And over time, this face eventually appeared of this presence in my room. And it was funny because I was, the face was slightly familiar. And I started to go through what photos I have that my grandmother gave me from my childhood and I couldn't find the face and I kind of let it go. And then a couple of days later on social media, my aunt, who we don't have a close relationship per se, because growing up, my mom sort of isolated us a lot from a lot of family members, uh, church members. We weren't really allowed talking to anybody. So we were pretty isolated, which means I don't have really close relationships to my own family family as far as my aunts and uncles go. But anyways, we are friends on Facebook and she posted a picture. I was like, oh my gosh, that's the face. And so this was my grandfather on my father's side. And Once again, we didn't really connect with family, talk about family. So my dad didn't really have a lot of conversations with us about his parents. And so this was before I was disowned. So I was able to sit down and ask questions. And so I asked questions and found out that my, while I thought my grandfather did not know me or meet me, he actually did. And he knew me up until the age of two before he passed away. And then my grandmother on that side knew me up until the age of five. And for my grandmother, I can kind of remember being a very young child around that age and overhearing circumstances with my grandmother on my mother's side and my parents. And there being something that it was (laughs) a... grisly or not good, the death of my grandmother. And I never asked questions or, you know, we never talked about this stuff. So that night I asked my father what had happened. And we, he revealed to us that he, she was actually murdered and the situation wasn't very pretty. So I didn't know either of my grandparents, but they did know me. So this was my grandfather that was visiting me. And it was funny because my friend who was spiritual suggested I go to a reader. And this was still, like I said, when I was pretty caught up in the fear of the devil and not buying this stuff. But I, you know, this was a crazy thing for me to go through. So I was like, okay. I'm gonna go through this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna check this out and see what it's all about. So when I did within five minutes of being in her presence, she named my grandfather by name and said that he was watching me. He's always watched over me. And so it's funny because fast forward to after my spiritual awakening, I went through a nine month course where I was intuitively trained in a group and we would do group readings and we covered different things. And one of them was mediumship. And so while I personally enjoyed learning mediumship, I can't say that's something I feel drawn to, but it was neat because when we were doing these group readings, practicing what came up, (laughs) <laughs> there was a group of us, and they started when it was my turn where they read for me. They didn't know any of my story. I don't have this plastered anywhere all of them started to describe this same person that was eager to connect with me every chance he had. And they described what looked like and sounded like my grandfather. And so it was kind of neat. But even though, rewinding back again before my awakening, even even though I went to this reader and she named him by name, afterwards, things in my life started to shift a little, things weren't working out that great. And I sort of blamed it on the devil and, you know, that I had given the devil a foothold by going to this reader. So that was the end of that. And that was probably, like I said, about five years prior to my awakening. So aside from that experience, I had always listened to my friends talk. And, you know, part of me was curious, but I kind of just let it rest and never considered or or felt myself at liberty to believe in these sort of things. So that's where I was. So going back to that month of May, the end of May, I had told my husband, I don't want to do this anymore. And I was rethinking everything at that moment. I want to say everything about my life because it felt like all of my life because sadly I put pretty much my everything into my career, but it was a shifting point and a time where I opened myself up a little bit more to self-reflection and I was seeking for some sort of answer, this was a big deal for me. Like I said, this was the only thing I felt good at. And if this was gone, then what? Then who would I be? And so I decided that I would consider going back to the reader because it was impressive to me. The things she said were accurate and naming my grandfather was pretty crazy. So I felt like, wow, my life was pretty rock bottom. I had been disowned by my parents. My career was completely falling apart. What did I have to lose? So I called and scheduled an appointment Appointment with her and our appointment Was on June 9th. Now, the funny thing about this is that to go to this session, it was an hour and a half drive. So I woke up that morning and I felt like I was just very open minded and curious. So I decided to check out this podcast I found that was about astrology and it was talking about the 12 houses. So I had looked at my natal chart because one of my friends had mentioned it to me and I read a little bit and it seemed like, wow, yeah, this could be something. But more than anything, it was really confusing to me and I couldn't really understand what it was talking about. And it just didn't do much for me. So I put once again, I put that aside. That was probably a couple years before this happened. And so for some reason, I felt inspired to listen to this podcast. This was the first time I had done anything like this. And so I started listening to what they were saying, and it was so crazy because looking back, I've looked back on this day so much, and it's hard to find a specific point, but it was almost like everything was just completely unwinding over the course of the day, Until that evening when I just had a lot of breakthrough. And basically, it was like these girls in this podcast were talking about things. And it was like I understood them. It was, ah, it sounds so weird. And I'm trying to figure out how to word this but not understood as in, oh yeah, I understand what you're saying, but understood as, oh yeah, I've known this. Like I've known this forever. It was crazy because by the time I got to the reading, granted, this was the second time I've done anything like this and had never been involved in this sort of thing before. I was talking in this reading like I had known these things forever and dots were connecting and information was coming out of me and insights that were never really taught to me. And I had this conversation with her and we were talking like, oh yeah, yeah, like we both get this. It wasn't like she was educating me. It was like, I understood these things on a deep level. And so I came home that night and I just kept digesting this information. And the more I did, the more it felt like remembering where you put your keys. You know, it wasn't like, oh, yeah, learning something for the first time. It felt totally different. And that night ended with me just sobbing and telling my husband everything I've been through. The mistakes I've made in life, the situations with my parents, the issues I've had with my body, the challenges with relationships, everything has always been right here. I understand it on such a deep level, but why? Why did I not know this sooner? Why couldn't I have grasped this all the many times that this information was brought to me? It could have saved me so much hurt. It was such an a mixed feeling in that moment. It was so positive and it was so heart wrenching at the same time. The next day I woke up and I didn't feel like the same person anymore. How I talked, how I act, the things I said, the things I believed. I talked about things like I had known them forever. I believed things I'd never entertained before. And it wasn't something that felt like, oh, this might be true. It was like I was being reconnected with a part of me that knew this information all along. I had work to do for a wedding coming up that weekend. And so I had a couple of my girls that worked with me in the studio. One of them was one of my friends that was spiritual. And she was like, Cassandra, you're different. You feel so different. This is kind of crazy. This feels kind of weird. And it's funny because as time progressed, she actually told me my awakening process was so quick that every time she met with she says it's like i have to get to know you over again all over again and repeat because you change so much so quickly. And this was how things went. Well, backtracking a little bit, my awakening was on a solar eclipse in my natal chart, which was in Gemini and my ninth house. And so, if you know anything about astrology, maybe you can see already where that makes a lot of sense. But basically, a solar eclipse tends to be a new beginning where a lunar eclipse can be beginnings, but they can be harder beginnings or they can be more like releasings or things falling away or things coming to light that you're are challenging to deal with, where a, a solar eclipse tends to be more like a lighter energy of a new beginning, starting over. And Gemini is very much connected to having an open mind, playing with life, relaxing, and it does have this duality about it. And then the ninth house is connected to religion, philosophy, communication, again, how we think our minds and things along that lines. So this experience completely altered and shifted my perspective, opened my mind, like split my mind wide open and sort of released this knowledge that I believe was within my soul knowing that was it was time for it to come forward. It was time to start the process of shifting who I was as a person because I believe we're all here for a purpose and a reason. And I feel like I have a destiny that I'm here to fulfill and I have lessons that I'm here to learn. And it was time to get started. I was in my 40s and it was time to start shifting. So this was my awakening experience. There's a lot more I could say, but I kind of want to just get into what I would describe as the eight different steps of awakening, because I think that it will allow me to share with you more about my story and what I went through. And not just that, but give you some tools or insights, no matter where you are in your awakening experience. So these stages of awakening that I'm sharing, these are coming to my perspective. I've not seen too much information on this, but I have seen some. And from what I was able to relate going through it on my own journey, it seems to align up Pretty well with what other information you can find out there about the process of awakening. So I debated with the first step or the first phase of awakening, whether or not I wanted to add it or not, because, you know, this is one that is a little unclear for me. Because while I feel like I did open the door a little bit to consider the things. I also acknowledge that when what happened to me happened, I suppose... Part of me feels like this was destined. Part of me feels like I didn't exactly have a say. My journey hasn't been easy. And it's not a process for the faint of heart. There's been a lot of loss that's come with it. And so part of me feels like this was sort of the universe intervening and a destined path that I was meant to go on. I know some people have different beliefs on awakening and some experience awakening very differently. Like my, one of my other friends, she, her process that I'm about to describe happened for her over the period of years, where for me, it's happened over the period of like months. And so, It's different for everybody, and I don't think there's any way that is greater or lesser. But I'm going to say the first stage of this is the seeking or the cracked door, because while I do feel like what happened to me was destined, at the same time, I do feel like me booking the appointment with the reader kind of was a sign of my openness this second time around to consider the information. I don't know. I don't know if it's something that people experience this regardless one way or another while they're open or not. I personally felt like I was very closed-minded to all of it, but at the same time, I did book that reading. So maybe that was a cracked door or a step of seeking. If you're someone that doesn't experience a spontaneous awakening, just the desire to shift or change your life and the willingness to seek out information. That is the beginning, I feel, in one way or another. So I am going to call this the first phase. The second phase, I'm going to call the, it's sort of like the bliss or the excitement phase. It is when your eyes are open and it feels so exciting. Everything feels so beautiful and magical. And it's like everything is just potential and possibility and excitement. It's like seeing something for the first time and realizing, oh my gosh, it is so beautiful. I love it. And it was like magic. It's just purely magical. It was like, oh my gosh, there's this whole nother world to look at and to consider. And it's like you're on this high. You feel so high on life and things feel amazing. The third phase, I'm going to call this when you start to connect with your intuition. So your eyes are open. You want more. You want to understand more. This is when you, you know, start buying crystals or entertaining metaphysics or, or you're getting your first Oracle deck. It's Your curiosity is piqued. You feel limitless in your potential and you want to find out what you can do. What are my superpowers? I know for me, this is when I started to understand that I have a strong gift of being clear audience. I don't have an inner dialogue. And so I started having these this voice in my head that sort of spoke, outside of myself that makes sense, that guides and directs me. And so I have a very strong gift of being clairaudient. This was also when I started working with guided meditations, and I found out that I'm clairvoyant. And the feeling of, oh my gosh, like, I'm seeing stuff. This is crazy. I can remember my first meditation was meeting a spirit animal, which was my black bear, which is very significant to me and my middle name. And being a crazy cat lady, I was like, oh, I'm going to see a cat. And no matter what, I just kept seeing this bear. And it was such an emotional experience. It was like this unusual feeling of connecting with an old soul. And so the black bear is very significant to me and my journey. So this was the first time I experienced anything like that. And so This is a phase when you're starting to explore what your options are. You know, what you can do. What are your superpowers? And so it's a fun stage, but it's also a stage where when you start to experience this, I found myself saying often, I'm not crazy. I promise I'm not crazy. Like I was going through these life altering, amazing experiences where I was realizing I had this intuition which we all have, you know, but my upbringing, I depended everything on my parents and they sort of disconnected me from feeling like I was the authority of my own life. So I was never connected with my own internal intuition. Everything, my love, my validation, my sense of identity, the answers to all my problems always came from outside of me. So this was amazing, but yet also it was something I can kept saying, I promise I'm not crazy, but, you know, I'm wanting to share my stories with others. So the next phase, the fourth phase, I'm going to say this is when you start really aligning with your true self and seeking your purpose. So your eyes have been opened, you're excited with options, you're realizing how incredible you are and in your intuition, and you really just want to be authentic. You want to start expressing yourself and feel free to talk about the things without saying, I'm not creative crazy, but, and you start to understand who you are, what you're about, the gifts you have, and you want to use them and you want to, create something more meaningful. This is sometimes where people, when they go through these experiences, they start to look at their career. And if they're doing something that they feel like they're doing it just for a paycheck, or they're doing it because, you know, their parents thought it would be a good path for them, or they're burning out or exhausting themselves. You know, these are times when you start to look at this and say, wow, I don't really know what I want to do, but I want to do something more meaningful. We want to be free to express ourselves authentically, and we want to contribute something to the world. We want to start helping others. We want to help those especially who have been through circumstances like we have. So this phase, I would say, is when you start to really align with why you're here and what you want to do and what your heart calls you towards. The next phase I'm going to call the fifth is the dark night of the soul. And this is shadow work. So what happens is up until now, your journey feels like it's full of optimism and possibility. And you start becoming so full of life and positivity that your negative lower vibrations, such as fear and shame and guilt, all start to shift. One of the lowest vibrations is denial, which was what I seemed to hang out in the most. And so you start to shift this and you start to increase your vibration. And that sounds like a great thing. And it is. But here's the thing with energy is like energy attracts like energy. And so when you start to significantly alter and shift who you are, when you start showing up differently in the world, what happens is it's like a renegotiation phase of the people that have been a part of your life up till then. This doesn't mean the relationships are neither good or bad, but it means that the original vibration that attracted you together has shifted. And it's... It's changed and it no longer serves the same purpose. For me in my life, I had a couple friends that were, you know, dropping those spiritual seeds while I wasn't really seeming to receive them. They were seeds that were sown. And my husband and other relationships in my life, they seemed to carry me because as I said, I didn't have a strong sense of who I was. And therefore I greatly depended on others outside of myself. I was very codependent and I think God for these relationships because I feel like they gave me space that otherwise could have been very destructive if I didn't have that support. So I don't look at these things as positive or negative. They just were what was needed energetically in my life at that moment to sort of progress my evolution of experiences. When you start to raise your uh, vibration and shift your mindset and how you think, how you behave, then that means that the energy that was once drawn to you now has to shift in one way or another. This can mean that relationships that once were there for a specific energetic purpose now don't need to be there. So you may find people begin to fall away. And this is hard. And this was a hard part because it's a lot going through an awakening because around this time you also start to explore shadow work. And this is where we take those things that we have been in denial about and start to work through those lower vibrational energies, toxic traits, trauma that we've avoided. Because ultimately the universe is wanting to clean us out, really. And the more we clean out, the more we reach our fullest potential. So this is a hard phase because you're going through a lot all at once. You're going through the dark parts and you're realizing as you shift things that you once tolerated, you don't want to tolerate anymore. People that are negative, complaining or want, you know, maybe you You were the one that they would always gossip to about their circumstances with someone or another. And now you don't want to be that person anymore. So there's a lot that happens in this phase. And I will say that it probably up until this point is the longest phase I went through. It's the unwinding of all the negative energy and the shifting of your relationships. It's setting the new foundation for where you're going to go from this point. It's clearing out the gunk and it's aligning you with the proper energy that will be there to help you moving forward. This means that it can be a time of dramatic shifts in relationships, a time a time where you might have to find your backbone to stand up for yourself a time when you have to be strong enough to sit with yourself and confront all of the things that hold you down limit you bad habits Negative thoughts, your inner critic, and your ego, the shadow part of you has to be addressed and you start to unwind these things. Things that hurt you, that you've never dealt with, it's time to deal with them. This is all what happens in this phase. And it's heavy, I'm not gonna lie. It's heavy, it's hard. I felt so alone. One thing I realized was that while I thought oh, okay, I'm gonna have this spiritual community now I can connect to. Sadly, it's a journey you have to go through for yourself. I was forced to sit, reflect, and look inward and hold my worth despite the relationships that chose not to stick around. So it was an emotional time, but I stuck through it and there is light on the other side. The next phase I'm gonna say is the sixth phase I call the refinement phase. It's when things that you used to look to for validation start to disappear. And this, I would say, is a little different because where the dark night of the soul phase, I would say, is more about seeking inward and going through the things. This is more about the refinement, I would say, is more about coming back. To your intuition. So I feel like one of the things that happens is when we go through this, we do want to start to connect with community and other people that understand. Then this was a time in which I did a lot of readings and I connect with a lot of people, you know, and it was, it was the answer to my, I'm not crazy. And so when we're going through this refinement phase, it really is a sense of hermiting or isolation to where things that you used to feel connected to that provided you answers, you might not find that anymore. For me, one of the ways this manifested was I had certain daily rituals that I felt like I had to do. It's like if I wanted to connect to source, I had to go through this step, this step, this step, this step, and then I could get to source. This was a time when I started to realize that I am a divine being. We all are a divine being. Our higher self is always there, always a part of us, and we just have to listen. So this isn't about the oracle cards, the tarot cards, the crystals that we feel dependent on having to wear or carry around. Don't get me wrong. I love all these things, and I think they're amazing, but I would say this refinement phase is really getting in touch with your higher sense of self. And that inner part of you. So, wow, it is isolating from the validation outside of yourself. It's more in the sense of learning to connect to your divine being of who you are and becoming more of the authority of your life to be trusting in your own internal guidance. Even further. And to get this, we have to go through the stage before it, the dark night, because we have to clear out the things and we have to raise our vibration even higher. And we have to start to sit with ourselves, understand, work through these things. And ultimately it refines and it strengthens our vibration and connects us even more to our intuition. Next, I would say the seventh phase is clarity and trust in the process. When you are going through, especially the fifth and sixth phase of, you know, the dark night and refinement, Along the lines, you start to learn to surrender a little more to life and trust in the divine process. I am a believer that we are co-creators of our experiences. We are here to experience life. Do the things, feel the things, but there is also that soul purpose that being here and having journeys you're meant to go on, gifts you're meant to share, you know, things that you are here to contribute. And what I like to say is this is I find out sort of what I want to be and do. And then there's this level of surrender that comes from, you know, sowing the seeds and allowing the time. Time to grow. I know that knowing my energy, knowing what I love, what I'm drawn to, I know that what is going to be produced on the other side is something that is that or better. So there is a little bit of this surrendering to the divine process and timing. But the seventh phase, I would say, is a time when you feel like you're capable of doing this. You've felt the potential. You've gone through this stuff. You've held strong while you've watched relationships fall along away and you feel isolated. You have committed and you're holding firm. And on the other side of that comes clarity and trust. It's like the, the calm after the storm when you realize it's going to work out. I am supported. I know who I am and I can't get this wrong. I've showed up. I'm authentic, and my heart's desires is what the universe wants me to have. So I'm going to have them one way or another, either at that or better. So it's a phase where you relax a little, you have clarity and trust. And then the last phase I'm going to call is repeat, because I feel like we repeat This cycle, maybe someday we get to the point where there's no more shadow work personally I don't believe that is the case. I believe that we evolve a lot, but I feel like part of this human experience is the yin and the yang, the duality of life, the light, the dark, the masculine, the feminine, and one cannot exist without the other. For me personally, I feel like this phase repeats and that we are constantly learning, evolving. We can't completely you know, show up for shadow work enough that our inner critic is never going to completely disappear. But what I do believe is this. I believe that our awareness strengthens, our vibration increases, and we catch ourselves. We don't judge ourselves. And next time that inner critic shows up or that shadow shows up, we say, nice try. I see you. Okay. I understand. And we sort of address if there's something that needs to be addressed and we move on. And the process is quicker each and every time that these things come up. So this is a process, as I believe, that repeats. You go through the things and then you process more and you go through the things and you get new gifts and you activate that ancient wisdom in your DNA and you process some more. And so... This has been my awakening experience. This, these phases have been the phases that I have gone through personally. And I hope this information is helpful. If you're someone that has been through an awakening, whether spontaneous or it's been something over a long period of time that you've been showing up and doing the work and confronting the things and feeling transformation in your life, that is awesome. And connect with me. I'm big on community. I'll provide some links below on how you can email me, talk to me, connect with me. And I'd love to support you in any way that I can on your own awakening journey. So that being said, have a lovely day and I will talk to you next time.